Tim O'Malley with Tim Priester for Irish Illustrated outside Sun Bowl Stadium for today's 90th annual Sun Bowl between Oregon State and Notre Dame. And Priester, just before we started filming here, he said, why is the line still dropping? Because we both think that Notre Dame is best prepared for this game, despite all opt-outs on both sides. It's down to 5.5. It did start at 10.5. We both see a low-scoring game, especially for Oregon State, but what it was one thing that Notre Dame could be vulnerable for defensively, and it is definitely not at the front seven, but they have one key player missing in Thomas Harper, and he plays a crucial role. Yeah, I, that's, I think that's my biggest concern. That's Notre Dame's biggest concern yeah. without Thomas Harper. I mean, you don't really have a, 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 a like uh, comparison to put at that position, Clarence Lewis. You know, the deeper into Clarence Lewis's career, the less effective he's been. Now, he's going to have a great opportunity today. What they'll do with Jaden Mickey, whether he's playing corner, maybe plays a little bit of, of nickel with Christian Gray sliding into the spot opposite Benjamin Morrison. But I think that's, that's the biggest concern. If, if Oregon State can exploit that, then they can keep the game close. Everything else, I mean, you got to love Notre Dame up front on the defensive line. I, I, I still think that Notre Dame's offensive line will be able to protect Angeli enough to give him time to throw the football. And again, we talked about it yesterday that Notre Dame's wide receiver core is as healthy as it's been since since Duke, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the offensive line can play well. My concern physically, my concern for them will be the communication issues Correct. that could come with two new tackles. And Charles Jagasso played five snaps this year. He's going to be a great player. He played five snaps at guard against Stanford. Tosh Baker, we don't need to keep bringing up 2001 for Tosh Baker, but when he played tackle, he struggled greatly. I, I'm sure he is past that now. He wasn't ready as a true freshman back then. It's just a situation where you don't want to put a quarterback like Steve Angeli in a tough spot on third and obvious. Then I think it comes down to Gino Gadulli's play calling because you have to protect Angeli a little bit, but there's a balancing act. You still have to be aggressive with him because right. you can't complete, keep him on your apps and get, a, and get away in this game. Well, yeah, and you have to take advantage of the fact you have a healthy receiving core and get the football to Jeremiah Love on the edge yeah. and involve Jadari and Price uh, as well. So, I mean, I think Gadulli is certainly capable of doing that. It'll be interesting to see if, if we notice any actual differences between his play calling and Jared Parker. Right. I don't think that you can change the game plan in a couple weeks with a new quarterback. Not, not, not so much game plan, but just what you do well. I don't think you can change that a whole lot. At the end of the day, the, the, Notre Dame's defense should hold this Oregon State offense to I think the over-under on it is like 17 and a half. I think it should be lower than that. We were all in the we were generally all in the 13-point range. Uh, you know, a turnover here or there obviously can change that. But Notre Dame's defensive front should control this situation and give Notre Dame's offense a chance to just score a little bit to win this football game. And I still wonder how much Marcus Freeman, as the game evolves, I don't think this is the plan going in, but will start to lean on that defense and say, you know what, Coach Gadouli, let's let's not take a chance here on third and nine from our own 20. Let's get the ball out of here and restart, win the battle of possession, go score when we have plus field advantage because – I think Steve Angeli playing ahead of the chains can have a very good day behind the chains to be tough. And I, I do think with the six healthy receivers, I, I think you'll see five play more than the six. K.K. Smith will be making his collegiate debut today. I don't think you're going to rely on him with Angeli as much. I think Cooper Flanagan and Eli Raritan are going to continue to play a key role because those were actually the two best tight ends at the end of the season. Uh, Holden Stays did not play in the final game. Raritan and Flanagan have gotten more time. When you mentioned you can't change too much, I still think the 12 package will be out there more than 11 in three wides. Oh, I would yeah. agree with that. I mean, that that's your staple uh, until Mike Denbrock comes in and yeah. incorporates mm -hmm. some different things. But we talked about this in yesterday's Irish Illustrated Insider. Al Golden is going to be extremely yes, aggressive yeah. uh, against a makeshift, makeshift offensive line for Oregon State, a quarterback that's not nearly as mobile as the two quarterbacks that opted out ahead of him. Uh, 
there's no reason for Al Golden to be anything but extremely right. aggressive. And I think Al Golden, I mentioned this a couple times, look, when they play Tennessee State, when they play Central Michigan, no matter who they face, they keep encountering an offense that shows something they've never seen before on film. And you know that's not an excuse because then Al Golden shuts everybody down after he's seen mm-hmm. that. There's that one easy drive. If Oregon State's one easy drive, when Notre Dame doesn't know what they're running early on, is a field goal or no points at all, then Oregon State's in a lot of trouble. Oregon State needs to score early in this game. We talk about the second touchdown theory. The first touchdown theory would really help Oregon State in this Mm -hmm. to the standard. Because I think as the game draws closer, then our issue at at the nickel is can Clarence Lewis hold up at nickel if it's coverage situations? Clarence Lewis will do a great job in third and ten at nickel. He's a zone corner that could do a fine Mm -hmm. job there. Do they need Christian Gray to play nickel at all? As he's been repping there a little bit, remember Ramon Henderson was actually one of the backups at nickel. Can Christian Gray slide in there if Jaden Mickey's the start on the other side? It still seems like that's the one vulnerable spot for me. And how do you approach this balancing act by Marcus Freeman is the fascinating part of the game because you want to get away, but you also have to be careful. It's hard to get away when you're being careful. Yeah, you know, and and I think I think you're correct that it may come to a point where it's okay, Gino, stick with the mm-hmm. basics here because. Golden's defense is going to be turned loose. This is not an Oregon State, not the Oregon State offense we saw during the regular right, season. Right. Anthony Gould is out. Their top running back is out. They'll go with the big back Fenwick, of course. But I, I don't think a big back scares Notre Dame's no. defensive front uh, whatsoever. Their tight end, uh, Velling, who caught 29 passes, eight for touchdowns, they don't have him. So I, I just think that really on both sides of the ball, the opt-outs, uh, and, and and injuries as well are, are much greater for Ohio, uh, Oregon State than they are for Notre Dame. And if you haven't been keeping up at Irish Illustrated, Notre Dame has nine defenders in this game with more than a thousand career snaps. I can't imagine another team in all of college football has that in a bowl game this year. Jordan Batello, if you include his scrimmage snaps, also over a thousand st- scrimmage and special teams, also over a thousand snaps. Ten guys out there with that much seasoning. That defense should rule the day. Offensively, you mentioned the receivers. I get the feeling because Marcus Freeman mentioned his name when he was not asked about him. The Jordan Faison will have a few special plays, packages. I don't mean special trick plays, but they, they want to get the ball to Jordan Faison and see what he can do in space as well. well and, and to have have Jaden Thomas and Jaden yeah, Greathouse yeah. healthy going into this game. Well, Thomas helps the running game, as you always point out as well. That's no, yeah, no, no yeah. doubt about it. But but the ability to the, the ability to get those guys involved, and you know, I want to mention somebody. We I, I know we get a lot of heat sometimes about Bert, JD Bertrand. We've barely talked about him here in the last couple weeks. His last game in the Notre Dame uniform. Yeah. You got to like the, the the brains of the operation in the middle of that defense. And the guy we want to watch because I think he can win one on one battles, especially against a depleted front. We know JJB is going to have a good day. He's going to come. He didn't opt out. We know he's ready to play. Jalen Sneed's an interesting guy for me because I think it's if you're looking for something for the future in this game, he's the one young guy that will play on defense because there's a role for him. Maris Leofau's out. Uh, Thomas Harper's out, and he's always had a role as a pass rusher. This could be one where you see, hey, he does have a future as a pass rusher for the Irish on third yeah. down. Well, that's what he does best, and as we talk about Al Golden turning people loose, it's time to turn Jalen Sneed loose today. That's it for us pregame. We'll be back with more instant analysis postgame, and you can also join us for Irish Illustrated Overtime with Tim Priester, myself, and John Bryce on our YouTube channel and Facebook page. 